0: The opinions expressed in this episode do not necessarily reflect those of the murderish podcast. Sensitive topics are discussed. Listener discretion is advised. In March of 2016, a 40-year-old single mother was ready to meet someone with whom she could spend her life. Her relationship with the father of her children had not worked out, though they remained amicable. It was during this time that she failed to arrive back home after a night out sparking fear within her family that something terrible had happened to her. Their worst fears would come true as they learned the horrific details of what happened to the mother of three. This is Jamie, and you're listening to Murderish. Join me as I walk you through the case involving Ingrid Lynn. Takes us to Renton, Washington. Located 11 miles from downtown Seattle, Renton is considered an inner ring suburb. The city sits at the southeast shore of Lake Washington, where there are plenty of picturesque views of Mount Rainier, making it a desirable place to live. Renton was settled in the 1860s by Europeans. Early in its history, the town saw an economic boom with the development of industries like coal mining clay production, and timber export. Today, Renton is known for its manufacturing and tech industries. Probably the city's biggest claim to fame is that it's the final assembly point for Boeing 737s. Renton's population is considered one of the most racially and ethnically diverse in the state of Washington, with more than 30% of its residents being foreign-born. Due to its proximity to Seattle, though, the cost of living in Renton is higher than the national average, and most residents tend to be middle to upper middle class. It was in Renton, Washington, that forty year old mother and nurse Ingrid Lynn lived in a modest ranch style home. She was alone in the four bedroom home for much of the time, as she was recently divorced and shared custody of her three daughters with her ex husband, Phil Lynn. Ingrid Marie Lynn was a Renton native born on August 2, 1975. Little is publicized about her childhood, though we do know that her parents relocated to Tucson, Arizona at some point, as Ingrid graduated in 1993 from Canyon del Oro High School in Tucson. Ingrid spent her college years at the University of Arizona, where she got a Bachelor of Science degree in nursing in 1997. Somehow, Ingrid found her way back to her roots, moving back to the Seattle area in 2000. Shortly after relocating, she met Phil Lynn. The couple got married in 2001 and went on to have three daughters, Noelle, Brooke, and Reese. Once the girls grew older, Ingrid landed her dream job as a registered nurse at Seattle's Swedish Medical Center. By all accounts, the Lins were a very happy family for over a decade. More than anything, Ingrid loved being a mom. In 2014, though, the relationship was over between Phil and Ingrid and the couple divorced. They continued to co-parent amicably and exchanged pleasantries whenever they switched the kids between households. By 2016, when our story begins, Ingrid and Phil had been divorced for two years. Ingrid decided she was ready to start dating again. She began exploring online dating apps to find a potential match. Online dating has become more popular than ever in the last decade, making it a multi-billion dollar industry. According to a 2020 Pew Research study, three in 10 adults say they have used an online dating site or app. According to some reports, 12% of adults have married or been in a committed relationship with someone they met online. According to the same study, however, there are safety risks to meeting face-to-face with a total stranger, especially if you're a woman under the age of 35. Pew revealed that 49% of female users in Ingrid's age bracket of 35 to 49 have been harassed on a dating site or app after they said they were not interested, and 53% were sent an unsolicited message or image that was sexually explicit. Online dating platforms do have their advantages. The dating pool is much wider online than relying on daily interactions to form organic relationships. Introverts of the world can ease into a social encounter, from the safety of their smartphone and maybe be bold enough for some online flirting. There is also the illusion that you know some of the potential partner's preferences, hobbies, hopes, and dreams, although some people choose to put false information on their profiles or nothing at all. In March of 2016, Ingrid met a 37-year-old man named John Charlton on a dating app. The two of them quickly hit it off. Ingrid's excitement about dating John was obvious to all who knew her. Family members, friends, and neighbors had heard about all of her dates with him. Ingrid was, by nature, a very open and trusting person. After about a month of dating, on April 8, 2016, the couple had special plans for their Friday night. They had tickets to a Mariners game, Baseball was an interest they both shared. Ingrid's ex, Phil, had the girls for the night and planned to drop them off at their mother's house in the morning. Embracing the excitement of new relationship energy, Ingrid and John made a night of it. After the game, they stopped at a local bar before heading back to Ingrid's house. What happened next is both unimaginable and the brutal starting point for which this case came about. I'm so excited about my upcoming trip to Austin, Texas, and I'm bringing my Away carry-on suitcase with me. My new carry-on should be here any day now, and I cannot wait to travel in style with it. I ordered it in white so it stands out from all the others. My new Away suitcase comes with interior organization compartments and a separate laundry bag for dirty clothes. Actually, all of Away's suitcases come with this functionality and they're built to last a lifetime. In fact, if your suitcase breaks in any way, Away will fix it or replace it. That's how confident they are in their products. The four 360-degree spinner wheels on their suitcases are so smooth, making your hectic trip through the busy airport a lot easier. Away is a modern lifestyle brand that makes every product thoughtfully with travelers in mind. They have stylish and functional suitcases, bags, and more, and you're going to love them. There are so many colors, sizes, and materials to choose from. And get this, Away offers a 100-day free trial on all of their products. If you don't love it, return it for a full refund during the trial period. No hassles. Start your 100-day trial and shop the entire Away lineup of travel essentials including their best-selling suitcases at awaytravel.com slash murderish. That's awaytravel.com slash murderish. I love learning new things, but I find myself with little time to dedicate to a long and drawn out lesson. Recently, I discovered Masterclass, which offers a wide range of topics you can learn about from world-class masters who are at the top of their industry. Classes are segmented into video lessons that run about 10 minutes long. So perfect for busy people who don't have a lot of extra time. I love that I can access Masterclass on my phone, computer, or smart TV. It's so convenient. I watched a Masterclass taught by Ron Finley, known as the Gangster Gardener, I freaking love that, where I learned how to garden and grow my own food. The class was entertaining, easy to follow, and totally worth it. Ron Finley's Masterclass is just one of hundreds of courses you can access with Masterclass. Want to learn how to decorate your home, brush up on guitar playing, learn how to get better sleep, or improve your well being? Masterclass has a lesson for all of this. I highly recommend you check it out. Get unlimited access to every Masterclass, and as a murderish listener, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com murderish. That's masterclass.com murderish for 15% off Masterclass. The morning after the Mariners game, Phil arrived at Ingrid's house to drop off his three daughters with their mother. As soon as he noticed that his ex-wife wasn't home, he had a gut feeling that something was terribly wrong. Phil reached out to Ingrid's mother, Horga Bass, to alert her of the situation. She came rushing over and together, they went into Ingrid's house. Even though her 2015 Toyota Highlander was missing from the driveway, they found Ingrid's purse, cell phone, and computers inside the house, only adding to their fear that something bad had happened. Phil and Horga contacted authorities to file a missing persons report. Horga and Ingrid shared a phone account, so Horga was able to look through phone records for any information about where her daughter could be. According to People.com, Horga noticed a recurring phone number in her daughter's call history, one with a Montana area code. There were inbound and outbound calls for this number. Horga searched online and was able to trace the number to John Charlton, the man Ingrid had been dating. According to court records published on People.com, Horga sent a text message to John in which she identified herself and asked if he knew of Ingrid's whereabouts. When she informed him that she had called 911, John responded, 911, what's going on? We went to the Mariners game last night, but we didn't stay the night together because she has her kids today. Not sure what she has told you about me and our relationship. Horga replied by saying that Ingrid was missing, and because he was most likely the last person to have seen her, police would need to speak with him. That's when John fell silent. In a final plea, Horga added, Any help would be appreciated. We are desperate. She would never just go off and leave her family. Later that day, Ingrid's family would receive the worst news possible. Just a few hours after Ingrid was reported missing, Seattle police received word of a gruesome discovery. A homeowner who lived about 10 miles from Ingrid's neighborhood had noticed something startling inside his recycling bin. The man, Mike Novasian, saw three heavy plastic garbage bags sitting at the bottom of the bin. He promptly contacted the Seattle PD and reported the finding. As published in an article on medium.com, Novation recalled it was just three bags in the bottom of that bin that were incredibly heavy and weren't supposed to be there. I grabbed the first bag and it was almost so professionally packaged that it was eerie. I could see as I pulled it out what was the outline of a face. Inside the bags were the dismembered remains of a person, which included a head, an arm with a hand attached, a lower leg, and a foot. Less than 24 hours later, the Kings County Coroner's Office confirmed the identity of the dismembered remains. It was Ingrid Lynn. The new development in the case quickly spread to media outlets. What had started as a missing person's case had turned into a homicide in a matter of hours. Due to the horrific nature of the case, it garnered a great deal of media attention. Ingrid's family and the community were absolutely crushed by the awful news. On April 12, 2016, her family released a statement to the Associated Press. It read, This weekend, a light went out of our lives forever. Ingrid, beloved mother, daughter, sister, and friend, was taken from us for reasons we still cannot comprehend. Our hearts are broken and can never be fully mended. But out of our grief, hope still springs, as does our appreciation. Words cannot express our gratitude to our communities near and far for banding together and expressing their support and ultimately their love. For this, we will be forever grateful. From the bottom of our hearts, we all thank you. We would also like to express our appreciation to the Renton and Seattle Police Departments as they worked tirelessly to provide all of us the truth around what exactly happened to our beloved Ingrid. They have been there for our family, providing answers, support, and compassion, even feeding the girls' cats when we needed. Ingrid's friends also shared their reactions with the media. Krissa Francesina spoke about her longtime friend. She is quoted in People.com saying, she was the fun one. She didn't care what people thought. She was loyal. She was just a good person. Swedish Medical Center, where Ingrid had been employed as a nurse, released the following statement, Lynn's death has been incredibly tragic and shocking for all of us. Our hearts are heavy, As this news brings a feeling of profound loss for the Swedish family and all who knew and loved Ingrid. Ingrid's family desperately wanted to bring her killer to justice. Before they could put their entire focus on finding the person responsible, they had to mourn their tragic loss. A vigil was held outside Ingrid's Renton home three days after her remains were discovered. A police investigation started right away which quickly led detectives to John Charlton. When first questioned, Charlton took detectives through the events of his last date night with Ingrid. He told police they had gone to a baseball game, stopped at a bar, and returned to her house. Charlton claimed he couldn't remember what happened next because he was so intoxicated. According to Charlton, he woke up the next morning on a sidewalk in Seattle. With no recollection of how he ended up there, he assumed that Ingrid must have driven him back into the city. Detectives soon learned more about Charlton, and what they discovered may not have been known by Ingrid. Detectives found out that Charlton was a homeless day laborer with a history of substance abuse and mental illness. In 2006, his own parents had sought a restraining order against him, Charlton frequently showed up enraged and intoxicated at their house, trying to instigate a fight. There was also one occasion when he took the movie Hannibal off the shelf and recommended his mother watch it, issuing a warning to beware. The Charltons later dropped the protective order against their son, and their relationship reportedly improved throughout the next decade. Delving deeper into Charlton's character, Detectives explored his social media accounts, however, nothing seemed off-kilter. He had plenty of friends on Facebook, and his online interactions seemed normal. Based on his online presence, there would have been no indication that Ingrid needed to use caution when first meeting him. During interviews with detectives, Charlton admitted that he had a drinking problem, and in his own words, Was not a normal person. During his first interview, detectives were suspicious of Charlton. During the interview, Charlton denied having any injuries, but detectives noted injuries on his lip and chin, abrasions on his forehead and left hand, and scratches extending down his chest. The day after Ingrid's body was identified, on April 10th, investigators performed a search of her residence. According to court documents, inside, they found significant evidence pointing to Ingrid having been killed inside of her own home. They found an empty box of plastic garbage bags identical to the type used to package the body parts. Perhaps most disturbing of all was a discovery inside the bathroom. Investigators found a 15-inch pruning saw near the bathtub there were bits of human flesh and bloodstains in the tub close to where the saw rested. This discovery prompted investigators to have every inch of the bathroom swabbed and examined. Another lead came in the next day. On April 11th, two days after Ingrid's body was identified, her abandoned car was found in downtown Seattle. With evidence piling up, Investigators believed they had enough to arrest John Charlton and charge him with first degree murder. Seattle PD tracked him down in Lake Stevens, roughly 40 miles north of Seattle. As investigators would later learn, Charlton had left Ingrid's car downtown before getting on a bus to Edmonds, where he was picked up by a former girlfriend who lived in Lake Stevens. It was there that law enforcement arrested Charlton. He was held at the King County Jail, with bail set at $2 million. In a follow-up interview with Charlton's ex-girlfriend, investigators learned that their suspect routinely stayed with her twice a week. According to the Capitol Hill Seattle blog, the ex-girlfriend also said that Charlton was a mean drunk, and that he mostly stayed at a shelter in Seattle when he wasn't crashing with friends. Charlton's public defender, Gordon Hill, spoke with the Seattle Times on the 13th, two days after his arrest. In a preemptive measure to defend his client, Hill reminded the public there is no forensic evidence linking a particular person to the crime. Still, there were no other suspects, at least none made public. Charlton, a troubled soul with a history of criminal offenses, had been the last person to see Ingrid alive. It was a classic case of Occam's razor. The simplest explanation is likely the one that is correct. More shocking news regarding Ingrid's case soon emerged. On April 15th, additional remains turned up around the city. As reported by the Seattle Times, a cooler containing body parts was discovered two blocks away from where the first set of remains were found. A third set of remains was retrieved from a recycling center in the North Beacon Hill area of Seattle, all linked to Ingrid Lynn. Tragically, as of the current day, investigators still have not found all of Ingrid's dismembered body. Everyone wanted answers regarding what really happened the night that Ingrid was murdered. According to court documents mentioned in a People.com article, after the Mariners game, Charlton said he believed they had sex and said Lynn was acting weird but could not or would not provide further details. Any so-called lapses in Charlton's memory of events were quickly filled in by Seattle detectives. Ingrid's autopsy report revealed that she was strangled with a plastic bag and then drowned inside of her bathtub. Detectives theorized that after Charlton dismembered her body, he used Ingrid's SUV to transport her remains to various random sites across the city. He abandoned her car in the early morning hours before fleeing to Lake Stevens by bus. Though detectives were able to piece together what happened to Ingrid, they still did not know why. What was Charlton's motive for killing the compassionate mother of three? Though they were not clear on motive, detectives had collected enough evidence including cell phone records and the pings off cell towers in Renton to be sure they had the right guy. I've been wearing my Jessup Gold chain with just about everything, it is so versatile. It's lightweight, plated in 14 karat gold, and I love it. It made sense for me to partner with Ana Luisa on Murderish, not only because their jewelry pieces are perfection, but also because they are carbon neutral, so 100% of carbon emissions related to their product's life cycle are offset. Ana Luisa has timeless rings, necklaces, bracelets, and more, and these long-lasting pieces are manufactured to last. They come with a 365-day warranty. I wore my Margot textured coin necklace to dinner with my husband last night, and I felt so chic. We went to Nobu in Malibu, and the vibe there is fashion-forward and posh. I fit right in with my Ana Luisa necklace that has a vintage vibe to it. You guys, treat yourself and your loved ones. Go to analuisa.com murderish and use my promo code murderish for 10% off. I totally recommend this company and their modern and sustainable pieces. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com slash murderish and enter promo code murderish for 10% off. Who doesn't love looking and feeling good? With Beta Brand's Dress Pant Yoga Pants, you can have both. I love my Dress Pant Yoga Pants so much that I got a pair of Beta Brand Yoga Denim too. They fit like a glove and don't feel restrictive like most of my other pairs of jeans. Beta Brand cares about customer experience, so their clothes are designed to be stylish and comfortable like your go-to workout gear. Make no mistake though, their dress pant yoga pants are not made for the gym. They are totally professional and office appropriate. Check out the Beta Brand website and browse tons of cute colors, and styles like straight leg, boot cut, skinny, cropped, and more. They also have a new restorative collection featuring stylish and versatile pieces to fit your lifestyle, like their popular Soho joggers that are beyond cool. Right now, my listeners can get 30% off their Beta Brand order when you go to betabrand.com slash murderish. That's 30% off your order for a limited time at betabrand.com slash murderish. Find out why women are ditching typical work pants for Betabrand's Dress Pant Yoga Pants. Go to betabrand.com slash murderish for 30% off. While TV has been a saving grace for many of us, I'm sure by now a lot of you feel like you're caught up on every single show imaginable. If you're tired of scrolling through the same movies or shows and miss the excitement of weekly releases and brand new binge fests, then you have to get Acorn TV. With Acorn TV, you can count on riveting stories and originals you can only get on Acorn TV. Who does not want countless hours of amazing content? And with Acorn TV, you can get it for just $5.99 a month, a killer deal. Featured on Acorn TV is a series called Murdoch Mysteries, where detective William Murdoch, played by Yannick Bisson, solves Toronto's most fascinating mysteries. After watching the series, I can see why TV Plus calls this show an inventive twist to history. If you're ready for a streaming service that offers new stories, new characters, and breathtaking sceneries every week, do what I did and get Acorn TV. Try Acorn TV free for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and use my promo code murderish. But you have to enter the code in all lowercase letters. That's a c o r n. dot tv code murderish to get your first thirty days for free. John Charlton's trial was set to begin in January of two thousand eighteen, but a new development in the case would make a trial unnecessary. On October second, two thousand seventeen, Charlton pleaded guilty to both counts of premeditated first-degree murder and theft of a motor vehicle. Nearly a year and a half passed since Ingrid's death. Fortunately for her family, they would not have to endure the pain of going through trial. The media circus, the evidentiary photos, the dredging up of painful memories would all be avoided. The family had already been through so much. Though this may have been a welcomed outcome in some respects, Senior Deputy Prosecutor Jeff Baird pointed out the downside to the lack of a trial. Baird considered the absence of a trial bittersweet for Ingrid's loved ones. He told the Seattle Times, In one sense, of course, it spared them the anguish of a very graphic and gruesome trial. On the other hand, I think that there's something a bit anticlimactic about not having a hearing on what actually was done to Ingrid Lynn. But I think and hope that ultimately, they'll be relieved that they won't have to delve too deeply into the events that led to and followed her death. It's not clear whether Ingrid took any precautionary measures before she met Charlton for the first time. But even if she had gone so far as to do a background check, it would not have revealed much. Most basic background checks only search in state public records. He had a negligent driving conviction in Washington state from 1998, an offense that likely would not have been perceived as serious enough to raise any red flags. A more extensive background check, however, would have painted a more concerning picture. By the time Ingrid met Charlton, unbeknownst to her, he had convictions in Washington, Florida, Utah, Idaho, Montana, and California. The laundry list of his criminal history included aggravated robbery, felony theft, fourth-degree assault, and grand theft auto. Ingrid likely did what most people would do. She met up with her online match based on her judgment of their virtual interactions up to that point. Sadly, her online match was a very dangerous person. And there is no reasonable way Ingrid could have known that. Charlton's sentencing hearing was held on January 5, 2018. King County Superior Court Judge Julie Spector had received more than two dozen letters in the weeks leading up to the hearing. They all came from Ingrid Lynn's friends, relatives, colleagues, and neighbors representing all of the lives the loving woman had touched. The convicted murderer reportedly spent a few hours poring over the letters, according to the Madison Park Times. It seemed like his futile attempt to grasp the repercussions of taking Ingrid's life. According to the Seattle Times, Judge Spector addressed Charlton by saying, What you did was vicious and cruel beyond anyone's belief. Ingrid's ex husband, Phil Lynn, had a few words for his ex wife's killer during the victim impact phase. The Seattle Times captured Phil's sentiments how Charlton stole his co parent and sounding board. He mournfully expressed how his daughters had been deprived of a devoted and compassionate mother, and his future grandchildren will never have a maternal grandmother. Phil told the courtroom and her killer. There will be no more motherly advice from Ingrid. Our daughters continue to thrive, but they miss their mother every day. At the time of her murder, Ingrid's daughters were 10, 8, and 6 years old. The senseless death of their mother at such a key time in their lives was the greatest tragedy of all. Another impact statement was made by Nancy Civitelli, a close friend of Ingrid's. According to the Madison Park Times, she said, There is no sensible way to deal with this tragedy or put into words the horror everyone has felt and deeply affected by. Civitilli added that she couldn't find forgiveness in her heart for Charlton. She told him, You took Ingrid's life and that can never be undone. Family and friends who gathered in the King County courtroom waited anxiously for the sentence to be read aloud. They hoped for life in prison and strongly believed that was what he deserved. Before the judge read his sentence, Charlton made a statement. As quoted in the Seattle Times, he stated, I agree there are no words that can alleviate the pain I've caused. For that, I'm truly sorry. When Judge Spector finally spoke, she started by saying she wished a life sentence were possible. As quoted in the Madison Park Times, she said, If there were ever a case to do so, this would be the one, and I think you know that. Prior to the sentencing, prosecutors and defense attorneys agreed to the recommendation of the top range of state-sanctioned sentencing. In Washington state, the maximum sentence for first-degree murder is 333 months, or just shy of 28 years. For his unspeakable offenses, Charlton was sentenced to 27 years and 9 months. At the completion of his sentence, Charlton will be required to complete three years of community service and abide by a lifetime order to have no contact with Ingrid's family. It's hard to imagine that a person who is capable of such unspeakable crimes would one day be walking free. While it may be easy to assume that Ingrid's family and friends were relieved that Charlton didn't get away with murder, 28 years likely felt like a lenient punishment. By the time Charlton is eligible for parole, Ingrid could have been a grandmother. She could have seen her daughters graduate from college fall in love, maybe get married, and have kids of their own. Those opportunities to enjoy life were taken from her, and her family may never know why. When her ex-husband Phil had reminisced about his relationship with his ex-wife, anyone there could tell that Ingrid had a lot of love and joy in her life. Phil spoke about July 4th holidays spent in Bigford, Montana a small art town in the middle of Montana's Rocky Mountains. He smiled sadly speaking about trips to the beach and family dinners every Thursday at a local steakhouse. On April 11th, 2016, the day Charlton happened to be arrested in connection with Ingrid's murder, the Lynn family had set up a GoFundMe account. As of April 2021, close to $300,000 has been donated which will go into a trust for Ingrid's three daughters. On the GoFundMe page, Phil Lynn left a thank you message that reads, While Reese, Brooke, and Noelle obviously struggle with the loss of their mother, they continue to amaze us with their resiliency and grace. Yes, there are tears and incredibly difficult moments, but there are also moments of reflection and smiles, even laughs about the wonderful memories that they have of their beloved mother. Ingrid's case has inspired a lot of discussion regarding the safety of online dating. Are the apps and dating websites doing enough or anything to protect users? According to Forbes, the company Match Group owns the popular online dating platforms, Tinder, Match.com, and OkCupid. In 2020, the company added new safety features that include photo verification, an offensive messages reporting tool, and even a panic button. A safety center tab was also added with tips on how to stay safe when participating in online dating. While these enhancements may create a safer experience for some users, they would not have helped Ingrid Lynn know the perils of being involved with a man like John Charlton. Verifying that someone's photos are actually them does nothing to inform users about a potential date's criminal history. Cindy Southworth, founder of the Safety Net Technology Projects at the National Network to End Domestic Violence, doesn't believe this case is a cautionary tale about online dating. She told the Washington Times, in her case, the online dating piece is really almost irrelevant in what happened. They could have met through mutual friends, and she could have still ended up dead. Tacoma publication The News Tribune, however, called Ingrid's case a recent reminder to be wary of online dating. Ingrid Lynn is just one of several women who have been attacked by online predators in recent years. It's hard to decide how to make dating apps and sites a safer environment, as online interaction of any kind that leads to in-person encounters involve taking a big chance. Today, online dating platforms remain a very popular means of meeting people. Though media coverage of Ingrid's case focused heavily on the fact that the victim and her killer met online, it's hard to imagine that Ingrid's loved ones ever concentrated on this detail. They are left with only memories of her, and unanswered questions because her killer's self-serving frame of mind has kept these answers from reaching those who are owed them. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Murderish. Don't forget to follow or subscribe to my new podcast, Judgy and Juryish. Also, I'll be at CrimeCon in Austin, Texas next month, and I'd love to see you there. Use promo code MURDERISH20 to get 10% off a standard badge. Go to CrimeCon.com to get info about the event. It's so much fun. Use promo code MURDERISH20 for 10% off. Check out MURDERISH.com if you want to buy Murderish merch like t-shirts, face masks, and more. If you can't get enough Murderish, subscribe to our Patreon service to get immediate access to bonus content only available to Patreon subscribers. There's a link to go behind the scenes and become a Patreon subscriber at Murderish.com. Thank you to Kim S., Ashley K., Nicole M., Valerie F., and Amanda S. for becoming Patreon subscribers. I appreciate you all so much. If you haven't joined the Murderish Facebook discussion group, do it. We have so much fun in there. You can also find me on Twitter at MurderishPod and on Instagram at murderishpodcast. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, tell a friend about Murderish or write a review in your favorite podcast app. Murderish is mixed and mastered by John and Jessica Buchanan of Audio Editing Solutions. Music is by Nico of We Talk of Dreams. This episode was researched and written by Allison Schwartz. Stick around after the closing music to hear a list of sources used for this episode. As always, ishers, Thank you for joining me on another episode of Murderish. And remember, listening to this podcast doesn't make you a murderer. It just means you're murder-ish. Sources for this episode include an Associated Press article in the Spokesman Review dated October 3, 2017, an Associated Press article at CBS News dated April 13, 2016, a Washington Times article dated April 12, 2016 by Andrew Blake, information found on the City of Renton website at rentonwa.gov dated 2021. An article at Medium.com dated November 9th, 2020 by Lisa Marie Fouquois. A GoFundMe page found at GoFundMe.com slash F slash Ingrid Lynn. Dated April 11th, 2016. An article in the Seattle Times dated January 5th, 2018 by Sarah Jean Green. An article at Great Falls Tribune dated April 17th, 2016. An article at Q13, Fox, Seattle, dated January 5, 2018 by Rob McKay. An article in the Madison Park Times, dated January 17, 2018 by Brandon Max. An article in the Seattle Times, dated October 2, 2017 by Steve Miltik. An article in the News Tribune, Tacoma, Washington, dated April 15, 2016. An article in the Washington Times, dated April 14, 2016 by Andrea Noble. An article at the Associated Press, The Idaho Statesman, dated April 13, 2016, by Walker Ornstein and Lisa Bowman. A Forbes.com article dated January 24, 2020, by Mason Sands. A People.com article dated March 13, 2020, by Harriet Sokmenswer. Information found at findagrave.com, dated June 25, 2016. A Pew Research article dated February 6th, 2020 by Emily A. Vogels. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends.